Morning, everyone. It's good to be here. It's great to see everyone. It's great to see a number of visitors. Uh, it's good to be here. So, uh, start of the year, Happy New Year. And uh, for some of us, it's not. We're in different places. I do want to say, though, we've just sung, The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my strength and portion be as long as life endures. He's going to be good to you and me all through life. It's just really hard at times to think that's what's happening. Okay, because we live a life that is so up and down. In this life, you will have trouble. Okay, crack on. Does anyone know, start of the year, what? Phenology is. I am, I'll be really impressed. Uh, it doesn't surprise me you know. On two scores, one what you're involved in, but secondly, kind of, you're just intelligent people, you two, aren't you? So what is, I'm going to ask Anne. Have you, you haven't just looked it up, have you? Well, that's, too, no, no. Okay, I'll come back to you. Does, of their own volition, did you know of your own volition? Other, you did, Mike. Did you? Did he, though, Anne? You know him better than we do. Yeah, okay. So phenology is the study of climate cycles, changes in the seasons, and their effects, particularly on biological life, animals, and plant life. So phenology is the study of the influence of the seasons... The changes the seasons bring on animal and plant life. Lord, I pray, just help us as we speak and listen now. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you indeed come as we've prayed already. I just pray for a word for us in our seasons. You see, I think the Bible encourages us, in a sense, to be phenologists. In that, we are to understand life's seasons. We're to work at that, to give ourselves to understanding the seasons of life, what season may be we're in. Start of 2024, you know, it's always a time when we kind of, I don't know, start journaling, start reflecting. We look back on the last year, maybe. And maybe at this moment in time, one or two of us, we're quite attuned to what season we're in because it's the turn of the year. It it does that for me. I, I kind of get into some of that. You know, just reflecting, considering. And maybe you're in that place. And the natural, you see, speaks of the supernatural. Romans 1 tells us that, that what is seen speaks of what's unseen, the unseen ways of God. The natural speaks of the supernatural. And the significance of the seasons is actually woven into creation. Okay, Genesis 1 says this, God said fourth day creation ties in with day two when darkness and light have been created. Let there be lights in the vault and the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be these lights for signs and for seasons, for signs and seasons and days and years and let there be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light, the sun, to govern the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to govern the night. He also made the stars. I'm not the first person to say, that's just an amazing line, isn't it? 
What is man? When I consider the stars, the work of your heavens. I went through a really tough time in London. And uh, one of the things that just kept me going was every night before I went to bed, I just opened the back door. I still do it, actually. Looked out. Just looked to the stars. And said, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you consider him. And it just kind of gave me that sense. God's so much bigger than what I'm going through. He also made stars. (laughs) Just kind of put them there. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. So there were these lights, the sun, moon and stars that were for the seasons. These lights, the sun and moon and their cycles, they mark time and the predictable progress of the earth and of time. Now, that's one thing they do. But it's more than that. Sorry, I'm getting a bit hot here. I haven't even started yet. I'm getting hot. (sighs) Glory, glory. Fire of God here this morning, I wish. I hope. Yeah, do I hear an amen to that? Wouldn't when you like some fire rather than some bloke just stood at the time waffling on, stood at the front waffling on. So it's not just that though here. This word for seasons is pregnant. Some translations have sacred times, sacred times. So Israel, these lights are for the sacred times, for the seasons. And Israel is, you see, to take stock of these sacred times. What God-ordained season are they in? What God-ordained season are you in? It's not just haphazard, is it? Life isn't just haphazard. God's at work. God's doing something. You're in a season now. And actually the word came to mean even, as they came together to celebrate at these seasons... It came to mean congregate, actually. The word came to mean congregate, to meet. Times of harvest, as the seasons progressed and times of harvest, for example, came through, they would hold festivals. And so this word for seasons came to mean the word for festivals and the congregating they did at times of the festivals. And so these lights were signs that these seasons are coming or taking place now. This is what Genesis 1 says. And there's an encouragement then through Scripture to try and understand the seasons. I've quoted probably many times 1 Chronicles 12.32. I think we need this in this day and age. 1 Chronicles 12.32 talks about the sons of Issachar, people who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Don't you think we live in a time where someone, please, understand the times? Someone put their hand up with some inkling of what God may be doing in the earth. We live in times, don't we, where we look and I'm sure we're confused. What on earth is going on? We need people, don't we? And we need to pray for people. That we will have people among us who understand the times and know what Israel should do. Jesus encouraged this understanding of the times. Matthew 16. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. What they were after was a trick. Perform for us, Jesus. He replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather and the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. 
You, you lot know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign. Come on, Jesus, perform. But none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. And Jesus then left them and went away. I think what Jesus is saying there is this. Listen, I'm among you. And you're not recognizing it. Do you not think I've been doing these miracles? Do you not think I've been healing? They were amazed, it says, at his teaching. And you lot just have not listened. You're not going to be given a sign, he says to the Pharisees and Sadducees, other than the sign of Jonah. What was the sign of Jonah? Well, he interpreted it later. The sign of Jonah was as Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days and then came alive. I think Jonah actually died, but that's by the by. Jonah was then, if you like, resurrected. Jesus said, that's what's going to happen to the Son of Man. That's the sign. The death and resurrection of the Son of Man, Christ. Let me ask you, let me ask you, friend, I don't know everyone here. Have you understood the sign of Jonah? Have you understood a man has died, has come back to life? His name was Jesus Christ. There is no other name on heaven or earth by which you may be saved by which your sins can be forgiven, by which you can come into new life, an understanding the sign of Jonah. And I want to encourage you, if you're not sure you've understood that sign, come and talk to us. Come and talk to me. Come and talk to any of the worship band. Anyone you've seen at the front today, Karen, in the green teacher, come talk to any of us or come and talk to anyone that brought you, but talk about it. If, you, if you're here and saying, I, I want to understand the times, I want to understand what season I'm in, the starting place is to know the one who controls the seasons. His name is Jesus, and you'll like him. So come and talk. Okay, let's crack on. I think God tends to work through seasons, doesn't he? Society wants it instant. But I think much of life, a bit like conversion, is more Emmaus Road, a process. The disciples on the Emmaus Road talked with Jesus, had to reason, talk about it, discuss, come to an understanding. It's more Emmaus Road than Damascus Road. Much of life is like that, not just conversion, much of life. Damascus Road, Paul saw a blinding light, changed. We want, in life, instant change. But most of life, it seems to me, is process and season. The inspiration for this talk, hopefully it is inspiration, the inspiration for this talk, I was sat in in the study, kind of having my quiet time or something, or a cup of tea, I can't remember, and I just thought it was during the day, but the moon was going down. And I thought, is the moon going down? Can I see it going down? And the top of the window that I was looking, I took as a benchmark. And sure enough, bit by bit, I'd look. And then a few minutes later, do something else. Then look again. And sure enough, the moon was setting. But it was indiscernible to the naked eye. I think God works like that. It's a bit indiscernible, but he's at work. At the time, it was pre my daughter's wedding. We shared our daughter got married just before Christmas. And and there were plans going on. Planning, planning, planning. I have to say, I wasn't doing much. I was doing some of it, but I wasn't. Ali particularly was doing the planning and others. They were on it. Do you know how long that wedding took to plan and arrange? 26 years. <laughs> Do you get what I mean by that? The coming together of my precious daughter and this lovely guy. He's a great guy, our son-in-law, very, very privileged. It took 26 years for God to get them to the place where they were okay to marry and they knew each other and they were confident. It wasn't, it wasn't months. It was 26 years. 
I think God works like that. We want to plan it, put it in place, sort it. God works in us. And it can take a long time, can't it? God works through seasons. And seasons can be unpredictable, can't they? The weather, the climate in this country, especially global warming and all of that, is unpredictable. The seasons can surprise us. Here's the thing. The seasons can ruin our plans. Have you, had, have you fallen into a season before that has ruined your plans? You were going somewhere. You had it lined up. It was going to happen. This was it. I was putting it in place. We live like this in the West. Hey, we're not, no need to feel guilty here. This is the culture around us. We are so capable. And then COVID hits. <sighs> I didn't see that coming, and I'm not in control of it. Seasons can surprise us and even ruin our plans. So we need to discern the seasons. It's really important to try and discern seasons. What I want to do with my time left is just rattle through, if you like, the seasons in the UK. And what can we learn? Just some, I'm not saying these are all the seasons. I certainly haven't landed on all the times in these seasons, what, what might be happening. But it's some of the things. But I wonder if you might discern, where might you be at? And if it's none of these Maybe now's a good time, this turn of the year, to pray about that. But what about us as a church? You might want to reflect on that. Where are we at as a church? Okay, well, let's have a look. Firstly, we've got winter, haven't we? What's winter? I think it's something of a time of scarcity. Is that you now? Scarcity. See, there's less light, less warmth. There's less food for animals. It's a harsh season winter, isn't it? Tough old season winter. It's the stormiest season. It's turbulent. We've just prayed about, somebody prayed about 2023. It was a turbulent year. I think it was Jeff before the the meeting. It's a turbulent season. Is that you now? You think you're in winter. It's a bit harsh. It's unsettling. It's a bit stormy. What might our response be? Well, some of the animals choose to migrate. Essentially, they do a runner. Is that you in winter? I've tried to do that. Anyone else tried to do that in winter? I'm out of here. I'm just just leaving this. God may be doing this, but I ain't having none of it. And they do a runner. They go to warmer climes. You know, that's very biblical in the sense Abraham did that, didn't he? Time of famine goes down to Egypt. Commentators say, I'm not sure he should have done that. Elimelech went to Moab. Should Elimelech have done that? You see, Israel was the promised land. So if you go off to other lands, there's a chance you might be forfeiting what God's doing. So people biblically fled to where they thought they might get help or comfort. Isaiah 31 says this though, woe to those who go down to Egypt, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitudes of their chariots. These verses are saying, let's not flee to places where we're looking for our strength or the comfort of others or the help of others. If God's back here in Israel, don't go off to Egypt or Moab or anyone else for that matter. Stay where you are, even though it feels like winter. That's a word for someone. Let me tell you, that's a word for someone. Stay where you are. Some of you, that's... That's what you need to do. It's winter. I understand it's winter. It's really tough in winter. But God's word to you is don't, don't look to flee. I've tried to do that as well. My goodness. Stay where you are. Because this is the promised land. And allow God's action to take course. 
So what's a better approach then? Well, don't migrate, but maybe hibernate. Okay? Now, I don't mean by that just bury your head in the sand and pretend nothing's happening. What I mean is this, hunker down. See it through. Stick where you are. Make preparations for it and stay there. Tough it out. Why? Well, Galatians 6, 9 says this. Don't become weary in doing good through the middle of winter when it's tough. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. If we do not give up in winter, you'll reap a harvest come harvest time. Here's a word for someone. It's not harvest time yet. That's why it's tough. It's just not harvest time yet. But there's a proper time coming for you when you will reap a harvest. I'll come back to that in a minute. So wait for your season. Stay where you are. It's winter. Wait for the proper time. By the way, brothers and sisters, if we see others going through winter, let's get alongside them. Let's empathize. Let's let's not assume they're okay. Oh, this is going on, but they're probably okay. They've got friends. They've got people around. Have they? Do we know that? Have we asked? It always surprises me, actually, when I see situations where I realize, actually, people haven't necessarily got that. So let's get alongside those in the middle of winter. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, let's leave winter behind. Don't like winter, do we? So let's move on. What about spring? It's a time of awakening. Time of awakening, maybe. Literally, it means, doesn't it? Springing is bursting out. If something springs, it's literally bursting out. Don't you love? I go through the Bible in a year. You can do it. Just felt to say that. You can do it. It's doable. I love it when I come to Song of Songs, chapter two. See, the winter is past. I like that naturally, and I like it spiritually. It encourages me. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. Spring is here. There's new life. There's a birthing. There's a budding. And there's color. Spring is the promise of something better, isn't it? Are you in that season now? Do you just sense God's doing something new? Something new is coming. What's our response to be in that season? Well, let's nurture the shoots of new growth in ourselves and others. Let's try and discern what is God doing here. When we see, when we sense God's at work here, there's something happening. Let's ask, what is God doing here? You see... These new shoots might be fragile, mightn't they? Might be fragile. And maybe it's you, maybe it's someone around you. They've got a bit of a sense God's doing something. Maybe they're bringing ideas. I thought there was a great line. came out of one of the women's weekends a few years ago. Wow, not how. Wow, not how. If new ideas come out, if new thoughts, a sense of God doing something... These new shoots are fragile. Let's give them space to just flourish initially. So, wow, that sounds really good. Wow. Not get straight to Are you someone? You know, some of us are big ideas people, aren't we? Oh, drive the rest of us mad. Okay. And some of us are practical. Yeah, but hang on a minute. How will that work? Initially, 
Let the shoots grow. Wow, not how. See what God's doing. It's a transition season, isn't it? Spring between the extremes of winter and summer. And here's a thing in spring. It's not necessarily clear what is emerging. What is growing? We may not exactly know what it is God is growing. My understanding, the reason, one of the reasons I thought Mike and Anne might know what phenology was naturally was because I know they're keen gardeners. Okay, My understanding of, and I, Ali looks after our garden, and one of the, my understanding is gardeners aren't always sure what's going to grow. They may know what they planted, but what's going to grow and what's not going to grow. We're not always sure, let me tell you, in life, in church communities, what God is growing. We may have planted for this over here, but God's growing this. Hang on a minute, I'm not sure I wanted that. I wanted this over here to grow. Petunias or begonias or I don't know. And it can be messy. It can be messy, can't it? But let's discern, let's be humble enough to say, Lord, it just seems you're growing something over here. We hadn't anticipated it in my life, your family's life, whatever it is, your workplace. But it seems to be something you're growing. If God's growing it, let's nurture it. Let's nurture it. Let's let it grow. Let's give it space to grow. So spring is an exciting season. Life is coming. Colors beginning to come. Carrying on. What about summer then? What might the season of summer be? Well, it's certainly a time of growth, of strength and strengthening. You see, there's more warmth and light. Just in reading around some of this this week, my understanding is, for example, trees and what have you, they start to grow taller and stronger rather than there being just foliage. It's not just superficial, it's more substantial than that. And there's a sense perhaps in summer of things being established in the plant world, in the animal world. You know, newborns are now stronger creatures and more secure and more able to fend for themselves. Is that you? Do you have a sense, you know, before the Lord, humbly, actually, I think God's establishing me. I think there's some stuff... You know, I feel a strength, I feel a confidence might mark where you're at. Listen, that's good. As long as we try and remain humble, that's good. To just walk in that. What's our response to be then in summer, perhaps? Well, run with it. Run with what God's doing. Have a bit of confidence. Step out. Maybe you need to heed the encouragement of Joshua 1, where the Lord says, I will give you every place He's established you in a place somehow where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Is there, a, is there an encouragement then to say to you, listen, the land's yours. Step out. Be confident. Is that the season you need to step into? And I did have a sense just reading through this. We're going to commission Erica in a minute as one of our church leaders. It's a very new season for Erica. It's a new season for us as a church. This is a significant event for us, new church leaders among us. But for some of us, maybe there's leadership for you. 
There's influence. We can shy away from that word. We don't like it, and let's not misinterpret it, and let's have a biblical view of leadership. But I just, wonder, I just want to encourage some of us. It may be that the thing you need to step into and be strong in is leadership. We need good leaders. We need strong, godly leaders. And if we see others growing in summer, we see this is their time. God seems to be giving them a role. Let's make space for them. Let's not be jealous. You know, plants fight for the light, don't they? Only so many of them can get to the light. Let's not do that. If we see God's anointings on someone or something or some project, whatever it is, and we see God's in it, let's not be jealous. Let's let it grow. Let's encourage it. Let's not fight for that limelight. And I, f- I feel this keenly as, as we progress through life. There's a word here for Those of us of an older generation, let's call ourselves late middle age. (laughs) This, This might be the time for others. And it might be that some of us, actually the natural thing is we need to step graciously into the background. It doesn't mean we're without a role. And I'll come to that. But it may be that there are others. It's their time. They have the strength now. This is them. Ah, we can still offer, here's the thing, wisdom. Wisdom. Because we've been around the block a few times. And those guys going for it, gung-ho. Is there anyone else here? Let me just ask, is there anyone else here? You begin to realize, I haven't got the energy I used to have. (laughs) Anyone else? I can't do it. And and I I hear some people talk about what they're doing in their life. Now, sometimes it can be overdone. But I hear and I think, God, that just tires me out listening to what you're trying to do. Let alone actually trying to do it. Ah, or maybe, maybe this is them. Maybe it's summer for them. Release them, encourage them, go for it. You go for it, whatever it is, in God particularly. And if I can help, I'd love to just chat with you and give you a bit of support and encouragement. <laughs> All right, but you go for it because I haven't got the energy to do that anymore. They're in summer. So let's not put on Solomon's armor onto generations coming through. Let's let them fight as David fought in his clothes. I thought it was so good. Helen's, those of us who were here last Sunday, Helen shared testimony, Helen Douse. One of the things she said as someone that's been here at Beck for a while is, she's, if I interpret this right, and I hope it is, that she felt, you know, as someone that's been here, there are things, when you've been somewhere for a long time, there are things you've got to let go because it's changing. Things change. I feel that. There's things changing. Whether it's, church or family or whatever it is and we've got to go with that summer and then finally what about autumn then seasons of to quote john keats seasons of mists and mellow fruitfulness it's a fruitful season autumn is perhaps a time of fruitfulness in some ways it's the culmination of the seasons in some ways Certainly in terms of farming, it's the harvest period. The dying of winter has has gone. Spring has sprung. Summer, there's been summer growth. And now there's fruitfulness. There's fruit for all that and there's time for harvest. Do you know, all of us will be fruitful in life. It's just a question of what fruit we bear. 
all of us will be fruitful. Why do I say that? Well, I think there's a biblical principle. It comes out in Galatians chapter 6. Paul says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man, a person reaps what they sow. We reap what we sow in whatever respect. We reap, there's fruit for whatever we've sown. Whoever sows to please their flesh, our choices, I'm going to do it my way. From the flesh will reap destruction. It's not going to be fruitful. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. So we're all going to reap something. It's just a question of what we're going to reap. So what will our fruit look like? Can I say, it's not too late to sow to the Spirit. If you're someone, you're not sure. Have I, have I sown to the Spirit? Have I, have I sought to follow God's ways? Have I sought to implement them in my life? Am I now bearing fruit in that way? It's not too late if you're not sure about that. That's what repentance is. It's not, just, it's not just saying, I've been a really bad person. I need to get right with God. It's saying, I've not walked God's ways. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to follow his paths. I'm going to change my mind and I'm going to obey him. He's always wanting us to do that. So that offer is there for you. What's our response to be if we feel we're in autumn? Thanksgiving. Just to say, these seasons aren't linear, are they? There's, there's you know, often a bit of winter going on in one aspect of life. There might be a bit of spring somewhere else. There might be a bit of summer there. But in the measure that you come across stuff in your life where you just go, actually, there's fruit there. I'm enjoying this. Be thankful. It's why God instituted the sacred times so that Israel would remember to be thankful to him. There's a, there's a great verse in Hebrews 11. And again, as I've moved into later middle age, I've enjoyed this verse. It's Jacob. It talks about Jacob. And it says, when he was old, he leaned on his staff. He blessed his children. He leaned on his staff and he worshipped. It's a lovely picture that here was this guy who'd wrestled with God, struggled, was a schemer. God had had to sort him out of it. But actually life kind of came together a bit and he leaned on his staff and he said thank you Lord I worship you have you got a measure of that can you see things in your life that kind of come together a bit it could be anything lean on your staff and worship so to wrap up what causes the seasons out of this I want to ask a couple of questions what causes the seasons now it is the orbit of the earth around the sun, very much so, but it's particularly the tilt of the earth as it orbits, the tilt of the earth to the sun. And when the northern hemisphere is tilted to the earth is when we enjoy summer. I think I've got that right. To the sun. So let me ask you a question. As you're going through your seasons, whatever it is, are you tilting towards the sun, S-O-N. Are you tilting towards Jesus through your season? Or are you doing a runner in winter? Are we taking things for granted when we should be being thankful? Are we not nurturing, not trying to discern what it is God's doing, or we don't like what he's doing? 
and we're trying to uproot stuff that God's doing. Related to that, this, this idea of this word for season coming to mean the word for meeting as they went through the seasons of the year. In our seasons, are you meeting with God? Am I meeting with God? Is that what's happening? Because I think that's what he wants, whatever season you're in. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. We're going to worship. And then, like I said, we're going to commission Erica into this new season for her and us as a church. But let's just, let's just pray, shall we? Let's just come before the Lord. Incidentally, just to say, as always, if God's been speaking to you, maybe he's been revealing to you something of the season you're in, why don't you seal that in by being prayed for? Be open to receiving the prophetic. But let's just pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would indeed show us what season we might be in now. What it is you're doing in our lives. And I'm sure there's lots of things going on, but is there anything in particular we need to discern and hear? Why don't you just ask him to reveal that to you by your spirit? You see, it can help us to understand what season we're in. So that if it is winter, we're not trying to harvest. We're not expecting harvest. We understand this is a season to just hunker down. Equally, if we're meant to be running with stuff, now isn't the time to hibernate. It's the time to jump up and get going. So Lord, I thank you for the seasons of life. We trust that you are always at work in them. You're always doing something, Lord. And Lord, I pray that in those seasons, you'd help us to discern, listen, and above all, meet with you. Encounter you in those seasons. To come, Holy Spirit, this, at this time, but this year, and I pray more and more you'd find us a people who own our discipleship, our walk with you and are asking, Lord, what are you doing that we might respond well? Help us to be wise, spirit-led phenologists. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.